Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Amen. How many are excited about a new year? How many are glad that 2017 is done with? Amen. For some of us, 2017 was challenging. For some of us, 2017 was, was very difficult. And for some of us, it was good. Some of us, we accomplished certain things that we didn't think we'd accomplish. But, uh, but we're kind of glad to see that phase and that chapter go. And we're excited for what the new year will bring. Amen. And as we are moving forward, we were singing that God makes all things new. How many know that God is still making things new in your life? He is still working in your life. See, because there's things even in my heart that God still needs to work on. And there's things in my life that God is still pushing on it. And it hurts sometimes when Jesus pushes on my heart. And tells me, you know what, son, you need to correct this in your life. You know what, son, there's a, an adjustment that needs to be made in this area of your life. And it hurts because our pride gets hurt. Our ego gets damaged. But God is still making things new. And God is still in the business of renewing you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in, God's, uh, in a relationship with God. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every day. That should fill us with hope. Yes. That what happened yesterday, that God can renew that and can redeem it in Jesus' name. Amen. And today we're going to be reading from a few verses, a few different places in the Bible. And... In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, if you want to find it in your Bible, we're going to have it up on the screen. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now this passage is speaking of Jesus. That when the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up. The Bible says that it came a moment in Jesus' life where he set his face forward to go to Jerusalem. And you got to understand that. That Jesus is God Almighty. Jesus knows the future. Jesus knows what's happening. And you got to understand that Jerusalem was going to represent something very difficult in Jesus' life. 
But even though Jesus knew it was going to be a challenge, even though Jesus knew there was going to be pain involved, even though Jesus knew that there was going to be a, a terrible, terrible chapter written about his suffering, about his pain, about his, his disfigurements, because of the beating that he took and the crucifixion that was coming, the Bible says that it didn't matter. Jesus set his face forward towards Jerusalem. So it gives us this image of, because you know that your feet usually take you to where your face is facing. Amen? It's really hard to walk when you're not looking where you're going. So when, when you set your face in a direction, that's where you're going to go. And the reality is that most of us here today, we're, we're in one of three places. We're either, we're either walking forward, we're either standing still, or we're falling behind. That's where we find ourselves. And Jesus, knowing the pain, knowing what was represented or what was going to happen in Jerusalem, he set his face. It doesn't say that he wavered. It doesn't say that he, he thought about it. It doesn't say that he, he, he procrastinated. That he set his face to go into the pain, into the challenge, into the suffering that Jerusalem was going to bring about. And in our lives, church, in our lives, we, we, we sometimes we're walking, but we're looking at many different things. There's a story in the Bible where Jesus is walking on water. Praise God, amen? Jesus is walking on water. And as he's walking on water, he's walking towards the boat where the disciples are at. And the Bible says that Peter, it's always Peter, the bold one, the one that lift, raises his voice and, and speaks up. He says, Jesus, if that is you, because they were scared. They, were, they thought it was a ghost. They thought it was a spirit that was walking on the waters. And Jesus says, don't be scared. Peace be to you. It's me. It's Jesus. It's the master. It's the rabbi. And when they realized and they recognized the voice, Peter said, Lord Jesus, if that is you, speak the word so that I may walk out into the waters to you. And the Bible says that Peter, that Jesus said, come to me. The Bible says that Peter stepped out of the boat, took a step in the water, and took two steps, and he was looking at Jesus. But then all of a sudden, the Bible says that the wind and the waves started, uh, started affecting Peter to the point where Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the waves, started looking at the winds. And what began to happen? Peter began to sink into the water. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus set his face forward because he knew that there was a joy on the other side of Jerusalem. He knew that there was something much greater at stake if he didn't go to Jerusalem. If he didn't face the challenge. If he didn't step up. 
to what he had been called to do. So the question becomes today is whether you and I, are we going to set our face forward or are we more committed to the past than we are to the future? What does the future look like for your life? What does the future look like for your family? And what does the future look like for our church and your involvement in God's body, in the body of Jesus? Jesus set his face forward. We got to keep looking ahead. We were, we were speaking a little bit about this yesterday in the car. Um, we were, the whole family was there, and I was talking about this image of, of just looking forward and not, and not um, uh, I use my, my family as sermon prep, okay? And, and, and we were talking about this subject, and, and Nathan reminds me, and he says that, you know, uh, Dad, remember when we were watching the Olympics in 2016, uh, last year, that, that Michael Phelps, he was, he was swimming, and then there was that racer that was next to him, the other swimmer, that kept looking to the side and looking at Michael Phelps. And, and I remembered it was such a powerful, powerful image, and I think we brought it up here. And you see that, the, that Michael Phelps, he is looking straight ahead. He is not wavering in his direction. But Chad Lacoste of South Africa is too concerned about what's going on in another lane. And he's not paying attention to what's going on in his lane. And I, I question, I, I wonder how many of us are truly, truly looking forward and looking at the prize that is set before us. The joy that is set before us. And we're willing to endure whatever may come our way. It doesn't matter if it's a challenge. It doesn't matter if there's suffering involved. There is a joy on the other side of that. Will we reach the finish line? I'm too busy to pay attention to what's going on on the other lane. I got my own things I got to be looking at. I got a family that I got to be taking care of. I got a church that, that needs direction. I have different things in my life. I can't be looking at what's going on in another church. I can't be looking going on what's going on in the other corner. What's going on here or there. There is a joy set before me even though I know there are challenges. And I look forward. I can't be peeking. It's none of my business. Tell your neighbor it's none of your business. You got to keep looking forward. Don't worry about what that person said about you. You look forward. Don't worry about the haters that are hating on you. You look forward. Don't worry about what you may hear through the grapevine. You look forward because there is a joy before you. There is a joy. Amen. And in John chapter 12, this is where we're going to be spending more of our time today. John chapter 12, verse 20, and I'm, now I'm reading from the message version. The Bible says there were some Greeks in town who had come up to worship at the feast. They approached Philip, who was from, from Bethsaida in Galilee. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Can you help us? 
Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip together told Jesus. I guess, I guess Philip was a little scared about going to Jesus by himself and, and says, let's go together. Let's tell Jesus about these people that want to see him. And Jesus responds and says, time's up. The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never more than a grain of wheat. But if it's buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is, destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Right now I'm storm-tossed, Jesus says. And what am I going to say? Father, get me out of this? No, this is why I came in the first place. I'll say, Father, put your glory on display. A voice came out of the sky. I have glorified it, and I'll glorify it again. The listening crowd said, thunder. Others said, an angel spoke to him. Jesus said, the voice didn't come for me, but for you. There's a couple things that I, I want you to look at in this passage. If we're moving forward, if we recognize that God is wanting to take you and I to a new level, we got to understand that there are seasons to life and that every season ends and every, a new, every new season that has a beginning point. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 says that, says that there is a time for everything under the sun. And if you read it, it says there's a whole list. There's a time for crying. There's a time for laughing. There's a time for joy. There's a time for sadness. There is a time for everything under the sun. The time comes when God calls us to a new level. And the time comes when there is a new season at hand. And, and then the Bible records, the Gospel of John records that there was a group of uh, guys, some Greeks that came to Jesus and they wanted to see Jesus. They wanted access to Jesus. And Jesus said, time's up. When God is calling us to a new place in our lives, to a new level in our lives, we have to understand that there are things in our lives that we need to say, it's time is up. Time is up on wasting time. Time is up on this relationship that keeps bringing me down. Time is up. It's time for me to move from one place to another. And see, it's not that Jesus didn't love the Greeks. It's not that Jesus didn't love those people. It's just that Jesus recognized and he was setting his face forward. And he knew that the time was coming when these Greeks were going to be blessed through what was going to happen on the cross. He had no time to waste. He had no time to spare. Some of us here, 
need to understand that there are moments in 2018 when you're going to have to look at something. You're going to have to face something and say, time is up. There was a time when you were in my life. There was a time when this addiction was in my life. There was a time when this relationship was valid in my life. But God is moving me to a new level and time is up. It's got to get out. I got to rip it out. I got to move forward. I'm moving to a new level because I have my face Set forward, I'm more committed to the future than I am to the past. There are things and there are people, listen church, that that you're going to have to say, time's up. Time's up. You had your moment. You had your chance. We cannot hold on to things. See, by definition... When we talk about growth, praise the Lord, everybody. When we talk about growth, by definition, growth involves change. Do you guys know that? I want God to, to, to move in my life so that I can grow in my spiritual walk, so that I can grow in, in, in power in God. Well, you're asking God to make changes in your life. There's been a few times in the past year when, when my daughter comes up to me and says, Mom, Dad, Mom, uh, my legs are hurting. You know, so she's so short, right? <laughs> and, and we know, and I, we tell her, I'm sorry, honey, it's just that you're growing and, it, and it's going to hurt because your bones are stretching, your, your legs are growing, and, and they're growing pains. But we don't want to hurt. We don't want to be challenged. I was telling uh, those, uh, those of you that came on Thursday that I, w- I had been sharing with some people through, through text messages and messages that I sent out. And I was saying that this is the year of victories. Amen? But by definition, if you're going to have a victory, it's because you had a battle you had to face. There was a challenge you had to overcome. How can we say we want the victory, we have the victory, but yet we don't want to endure anything? Time's up. If we're going to move to the next level, we have to be willing to say no to certain things in order that we can say yes to God. The second thing that that God, that Jesus says is, as he's speaking, he, he gives this illustration about a seed that unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, it's dead. That unless it falls and it, and it gets in the ground and it dies to itself, then, then or if it doesn't get into the ground, it's useless. But when it gets into the ground, dies to itself because the seed disappears, then it begins reproducing, then it's worth something. And in a sense, Jesus was speaking about his burial, that he was going to be buried. It was gonna, he was going to be planted into the ground. But out of that, he was going to bring life to many people. And Jesus says that anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. And I think we have a, we have a problem at times in our lives with that. We want to hold on to things just as they are right now. 
Parents, you have said this before because I've said this. Oh, son, daughter, I wish you were little again. I wish you wouldn't grow. You're growing so fast. But if we truly analyze what we're saying and we're telling our kids that we don't want them to grow, and I know we don't mean it in this way, but if we're saying that, we're, we're saying that we want them to be unhealthy because only unhealthy things don't grow. And, and we want to hold on to, to those precious moments, not realizing that as time grows and, and they grow up, there are other precious moments that are coming along. They're very different. I wish you were too... You guys don't even remember when your kids were two, how difficult it was. You're still dealing with diapers at times. You're dealing with car seats. You're dealing with all these accessories that you got to carry. And you're dealing with temper tantrums. You don't want your kid to be two again. Come on. We cannot hold on to life to just as it is right now. We need to be willing to let God work in our lives. Be willing to let God move us to that next level that he has for you and for me. And be understanding that there is a greater joy, joy on, the, on the other side of that challenge we're facing. Jesus says you got to learn to let it go. We can all sing it, right? Let it go. You got to learn to let it go. You got to be reckless in love. What does that mean to be reckless in love? That means that everywhere you go, everywhere you look, everyone you see, you will pour out your love to them. If there's a helping hand you can give, you will give it because love is more than just saying I love you. Love is action. Love is doing something for someone, showing care for someone, giving that helping hand. And Jesus says that if you let it go and you're reckless in your love for others, then and only then will you have life. Because if you don't let it go and you're just holding to life just as it is at this moment, what are you living for? For yourself? Just you? Just your desires, just your wants, just the things that you need, the stuff in your home, a bigger home, a bigger TV, a bigger, a nicer car, a bigger truck, more toys, more tools. But when you are reckless in love and you see need around you, you see your brother or your sister you sacrifice certain things and you say, time's up on all that stuff. I can't hold on to life to just as it is because I've got to grow. i got to be stretched. And it's going to hurt me. It's going to not feel good at times. But I am going to go to the next level that God is calling me to. you got to let it go. Jesus says, you, you, you're... You, you let it go, and if you want to serve me, you follow me. And then when you're there where I am, you'll be ready to serve at a moment's notice. Church, we got to be ready. 
We got to be ready. We got to be fast in, in the way that we mobilize, in the way that we, uh, that we react to certain things. And, and not only reacting, we should be proactive and looking, where does my city need help? Where does my neighborhood need help? Where does my church need help? How am I going to grow this year? I need to give more time. I need to give more in my generosity. I need to give more of myself. Where, am I, where is God calling me? To give. Where is God calling me to grow? Where is God calling me to be ready to serve? If we learn to love, we're going to be where God is. Jesus said, if you want to serve me, follow me. How do we follow Jesus? How do we follow God? Where God says that, God, the Bible says that God is love. We follow God by loving others. We follow God by learning to serve one another. We follow God by listening for those promptings in our hearts, those promptings in our lives that tell us, son, help that person. Son, they need a word of encouragement today. Son, they weren't at church. Daughter, call her. Reach out. He needs you. She needs you. It begins in our home. Begins at home. It moves on into the church and it moves into our neighbors. It moves into our community and it moves into our city when we are ready to serve. You know what happens when you begin to serve? You get encouraged. You get encouraged because you, you see what God is doing, not just within these four walls, but you see what God is doing out in the world. And as we're serving the, uh, the people of this world, and as we're serving those that are in need, we begin to see, you know what, God is not just here at City Church. God is everywhere. God is working. And there are others that are making a difference. How? Can I make a difference? How can I be ready to serve at a moment's notice? Jesus says, right now, and I like, his, I like the way this version puts it, right now I am storm-tossed. So get this imagery in your head that within Jesus' heart, within his life, within his spirit, there was a storm that was taking him back and forth because we think of Jesus as God, which you're right to think of Jesus as God. He is God. But you got to remember that there was a human, there was a human, human side to Jesus. There was, Jesus was not only God, but he was all God and he was all man at the same time. So that means that Jesus could get sad also, my brother. That means that Jesus could get excited also. That means that just as you and I, we hear good news and we, we perk up and we get excited, that means that Jesus had the same emotions that you and I had. That means that Jesus could have been walking along the road and, and he would trip and stub his toe and he'd be like, oh, oh dear me. Because <laughs> he was all man at the same time. So we get this imagery of God, Jesus, being storm-tossed. That There was a, a storm, there was a, a conflict going on within his heart, 
going on within his mind. There was just something that was, he was battling. That should be encouraging to you and that should be encouraging to me because if Jesus struggled also with emotions and Jesus struggled within himself, within his will, that means that you're in good company as well. That means that, that you and I, we have a God that knows what you're going through as well. God understands your life. God understands your struggle. God understands your battles. There will be moments of conflict. Jesus shows his humanity and he knows it's not going to be easy. He's looking at Jerusalem. Even though he's got his face set towards Jerusalem, he knows pain is coming. He knows suffering is coming. And he knows that he's going to be challenged. He's going to be belittled. He's going to be made fun of. And he says, I know there is a joy that is ahead of me. And he says, I am storm tossed. But what am I going to say, Father, get me out of this? He says, no. This is why I am here in the first place. When you find yourself in a moment in your life where you feel you're being storm-tossed, your emotions are getting the better of you, and you feel that God maybe may may not be listening, and you don't know what to do, Don't give in. Jesus knows what you're going through. And be resolute. Set your face forward and say, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter who leaves me, no matter who comes, in Jesus' name, I've got my face set forward because I know that God is with me. It won't be easy. There will be conflict. It will be difficult at times. Just like 2017 wasn't easy all the time. We faced challenges. But God brought us here. And 2018 promises to be an even better year for your life. It promises to be an even better year for our church. Don't be storm-tossed. Set your face forward and know and understand where God has placed you, where God has planted you. And let God use this place. Let God use the platform that this place gives you and the ability that this place gives you. Because God can use you. Whether you're working within the church or whether you're working without your, with, outside of the church, there is a church that is praying for each One of you, there are people praying that you will be a light unto this world. Whether you're representing City Church or you're just representing your family. There is a prayer that is setting the foundation for your life. I'm storm tossed. He says, no, I'm not going to ask my father to take me out of this. I'm not going to ask God, my father, to, to remove this burden from me. In fact, I'm going to ask him, Lord, put your glory on display. Then it says that a, a voice came out from heaven. Again, God speaks. The Father speaks into this earth. This is the third time that we see in the Bible that, that, that a voice comes from heaven. And he says, I have glorified it 
and I'll do it again. People get, whoa, what was that? Was it an angel? Was it thunder? We heard something. An angel spoke to him, and Jesus said, that word was not for me. It was for you. And that word is for City Church in 2018. God will glorify himself once again through each one of you this year. God will bring the talents out of your life. And God will lift you up and put you in places you never thought you could be. But because you are being, you are being resolute in your faith and you're facing forward to what God has for your life, God says, I will glorify my name again through you. Through you. I will do it again. I will do it again. Moving the church forward into the future involves every member. I can't do it alone. I can't. Every one of you here is an important part of this church. Every person from the youngest to the most experienced you bring a, a, a different facet to, to this body of Christ and if we're going to move forward it involves every single one of us the church the church will be friendly if I'm friendly the, the church will do great work if I do work the, the, the church will, will make generous gifts to many causes if I'm generous in my life. The church will bring others to Christ if I lead them to Christ. This is how it works, guys. The church will be a church of loyalty. It will be a church of love, of faith and service if I'm filled with loyalty, faith, love and service. It involves every one of us. I'm going to ask you to stand. As the musicians get in place and as they come up, I, 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 I'm going to read something that I, that I wrote. And I want everybody to hear this. I want everybody to listen and pay attention. Because this is going to be our base of operations for this following year. I've been praying and asking God to, to give us the direction that we need for our church and how we are going to serve others and how we're going to love others. And I believe that God has, has put this in my heart and I want to share this with you. We are a church who loves people by pointing them to Jesus. That's our number one job. We point people to Jesus. Because we have our faces set towards Jesus. We point people to Jesus because we know that no matter what problem people may face, Jesus is the answer to that problem. If it's marriage, marital problems, financial problems, if it's problems within their children, problems within their lives, Jesus can bring peace. 
We point people to Jesus because we know that the Holy Spirit will enable people to live lives that overcome any challenge and bring victory to any battle that they face. We point people to Jesus by pouring out our love and our acceptance and our care to those who are hurting. We do this collectively and individually. Listen, church. Our church community will grow, not because we're chasing numbers, but because of the lives being changed through the service of City Church. Will we point people to Jesus in 2018? Will we stand and set our face forward to where God wants to take us and say, that is where we're going. That is the direction. Jesus is here. Come here. God's got the answer. You just, I got to introduce you to somebody. People will not lead themselves by themselves. You have to take people and you have to help us lead them to Christ. It involves every single one of us. Jesus is still in the business of making all things new. How many believe that? Jesus is still in the business of making all things new. Jesus is still in the business of restoring lives. Jesus is still in the business of making broken people whole again. Jesus is still in the business of healing the sick. Letting the deaf hear. Letting the mute speak. Jesus still is a wonder-working God. Jesus is still present in my heart. Jesus can be present in your life. But you have to be set your face forward and be willing to move, church.